I'm Casey. And I'm Christina. And welcome to the 11th episode. Take two of Tried and Booed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, we have had quite a journey um, when it comes to attempting to record this week's episode of the pod. But um, what were you going to say, Casey? <laughs> I was just going to say, I want everybody to know that we did this whole episode a week ago or less than a week ago and it was great and then my computer erased it so (laughs) this is a take two episode but luckily it's a topic that like literally we could talk about for hours some may say it's similar to uh when taylor fell off the face of the earth and then came back with reputation. <laughs> so our podcast recording from that's a few right days, from a few was it a week ago? No, dude, I don't know. No, don't it was so. a week ago. Like we we originally recorded the first one a week ago, and then here we are, almost a week later, <laughs> doing the same thing. But um, yeah, like Casey said, typically when we do these episodes, it's always about reviews for a particular product or a service or a location, a place. But this time we decided to do one for music and the particular musician that we're going to be talking about very, very heavily and in depth is Taylor Swift. Yay! Oh my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. And so before we even get to our reviews for Taylor and her music, we're going to ask the question of the day, which is what is your favorite Taylor Swift album and why? So I'm remembering what I answered last time, and I'm trying to decide if I want to give the same answer, and I think I do, and my album pick is Red, and the Red era was very, it was the transition, some would say, from Taylor kind of focusing on a certain, like, aesthetic into a new aesthetic, like, leaving behind kind of the country ball gown girl thing she had going on for her first two albums and kind of transitioning more into pop um you know her style changed a little bit and style's one of the songs actually <laughs> um it is but it's the reason I come back to red so often is because in my opinion it has one of the best breakup songs ever written which is all too well and Taylor Todd's talked about all too well many times because it is a fan favorite and she says like obviously it's a breakup song so obviously when she wrote it she was felt horrible and so she was very hesitant to play it live because she it was very emotional but she said the way fans reacted to her playing it on tour and like how they screamed along every word made her kind of change her relationship with the song I've also read that she has like a nine minute version that had like like swear words in it that's like you know something that she wouldn't have felt comfortable releasing at the time but like maybe with the re-releases which is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about later but I'm like people are like maybe we're getting the full version of all too well maybe but it's it's a beautiful song and I love almost every song on red um actually I'm trying to think if there's any that I'm like skip because there's some albums where like you know you've skip songs I don't know if I have any of those for red but um I come back to it a lot and yeah that's my pick (laughs) you're like that's how I feel Um, I know I could go on but I'm like that's my pick we have a lot more to talk about (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure and I know for sure because um we I definitely have a review that talks about Red, and I'm sure Casey Mm -hmm. will also have a lot of things to say as well, but Red is going to come back in this discussion (laughs) that we're going to have. Um, As for me, my favorite Taylor Swift album and era is um, always going to be (laughs) uh, Speak Now. Um, In the the last time we tried to record this, I had explained that Part of the reason is because Speak Now was the first concert I went to, not only of Taylor Swift's, but just like in general, the first concert I ever went to. And it's the concert I went to go see, like I got to meet Taylor Swift in person. Um, (laughs) When I said it in the last recording, Casey acted as if I'd never told her. And I definitely did. (laughs) I don't know how I could erase something like that from my memory, but I, that hit me 
so hard and he said this. I was like what <laughs> like and meeting famous people I haven't met very many famous people but it's really hard to like actually give the impression or have the interaction that you want oh yes so I want, I want to hear more about, I want to hear more about <laughs> like what was it like I'm sure um, it was very brief yeah it was very brief I I know for sure the journey that it took for my friends and I to get the opportunity to actually see Taylor Swift was also you know quite the story but um I don't know if Taylor still does this at least in her like most recent tours she hasn't toured lately for obvious reasons but um Taylor has this thing called the tea party and it's basically just like the after party where you get to have a very quick meet and greet with Taylor Swift herself and sometimes even some of the um, band members at the time when she was touring with the band but um, yeah my friends and I we had like matching t-shirts that my one friend made and it had like the image from the Speak Now album on it and then like on the back um, was like some sort of glitter detailing I can't remember but uh, because my friend's mom was very artistic and like crafty she made us all um, signs that had like LED lights onto them. And so there was like one that was the Speak Now album cover with like a frame outline in the lights. The other one was a guitar. And then the one that I had was the number 13. Um, And we were really, really excited and enthusiastic for the show. I know before the actual concert started when we were all just like hanging out in our seats, um, like we were just like, doing the fan chants and like singing along with the music in the meantime and I guess the staff working that event just saw how like excited that we were and stuff like that and they must have tipped off whoever the concert planner is that kind of like picks whoever gets to go and um it was when I'm pretty sure it's when um oh my gosh uh one of the opening songs of that tour like, it was the very, very beginning that, like, the song was playing, and then, like, a staff member came up to us and was, like, um, would you guys like to meet Taylor Swift? And we got, like, super-duper excited. Yeah. It was, like, trying to tell – they were trying to tell us the details, but we were, like – it was so loud, and we were, like, trying really hard to concentrate. She gave us these, like, wristbands that said Tea Party on them um, and just, like, gave us directions to go to a certain area in the stadium after the show was over. But yeah, so we went to that area when the show was over and um, we got to wait in this like really pretty decorated area in Heinz Field that was kind of themed following the concept of um, Speak Now's album. And then they had, I remember they had Giovanni's Pizza specifically. (laughs) And also that, um, yeah, we got to meet Taylor. She had this like really iconic and super soft a dandelion yellow cardigan that was um one really soft two she smelled so good (laughs) I don't know I can't remember what like fragrance or scent she was wearing but it's possible it might have been um the perfume line that she put out I think around the same time if not like soon after that tour was that was it called enchanted I I think called it's purple it's like a purple color yeah <laughs> I bought it twice so mm-hmm. I love that perfume uh it's expensive but it's possible like that <laughs> might have been what she was wearing it smelled really good but yeah. uh like you said Casey it's very hard to get kind of the encounter that you hope to have when you meet a mm-hmm. celebrity or a star in any sense I definitely was like more starstruck and like it was hard for me to really like say much except for like I know I definitely was like oh thank you for like having such a great show we loved it blah 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 and then she gave us all a hug and then moved on to the next group but um yeah we also got to meet some of the band members which was cool um the the whole experience as a whole was like such a blur (laughs) right like so many things were happening I remember like the pizza I remember her soft cardigan I remember like that she smelled really good and I just remember being really excited (laughs) and all of those reasons is uh, part of why like speak now the album the era is just like really important because I'm like oh what a once in a lifetime chance (laughs) you know what I have a lot of Taylor Swift songs that I've cried to for various reasons and I will say in addition to all too well and almost do i almost do from red which are both very great sad songs last kiss from speak now <laughs> gets me 
every time the lyric um i don't know how to be something you'd miss poetry poetry <laughs> i'm trying not to scream i i couldn't handle it i mean it gets me every time um so i also love i mean i love speak now too it's it's a freaking great album enchanted mine like you and i okay so christina and i binged oh pretty Almost. much every, every single taylor swift music video and just revisiting some of those songs made me be like oh my god i love this song mm-hmm. like mine is so like what it's so beautiful <laughs> it's so romantic like there's a lot of good shit on it on speak now and i really thought about you know, that's a very close second for me, I would say. Yeah. I would say for sure. And like Casey said, Speak Now is the last album where she was still following that like theme and concept of like fairy tale like songs. So I think yeah. it was because like that was kind of like her last her last time in like this fairy tale world or like enchanting land that she created through her uh-huh. music. Um it also makes it like quite nostalgic I'm like oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love all her fairy tale storytelling type of songs um but yeah that's that's my favorite album as and that's why (laughs) that's why um that being said we can get straight into our reviews um Casey would you like to introduce your review oh yes I would so speaking of transitions and eras I would say one of the most controversial choices and work that Taylor Swift has ever done is her album Reputation. So she took a pretty long break. I can't remember. I mean, was it a year, I think, between um, 1989 and then dropping Reputation? I don't actually know. I thought it was longer. Typically, Taylor, she releases a new album like every two years, and it seemed like a longer break. It was a really long break, and she also, I mean, like, even even the publicity going up to it, you know, she didn't do a press tour or anything. It was really hard to find information, and then all of a sudden, she wiped her social media, and she released this, I mean, it's iconic, like, video of, like, a snake. Mm-hmm. And it's all connected to like the narrative of that that has been going on literally since Taylor Swift started her career, which is like this girl is actually fake because no one's that nice, and um we're gonna take her down and show her for what she really is, you know, um, which is I think all b s because i I love Taylor Swift, and I will defend her to the ends of the earth um but basically, what she did in this album was just decide to be who everybody said she was. And that's the way she's described it in the past. I mean, it's a very dark aesthetic. You know, very, it's like so different. It's so different from everything else. Um, it leans very heavily into kind of, I guess you could say hip hop or rap or it's, I don't even know what like the genre is because it's hard for me to even like listen to it because when she, attempts to do sort of like rapping or different things to me it felt wrong Mm -hmm. and I was always like you know like maybe I'm just like taking this the wrong way but like I just don't like it and I was reading reviews and reputation I would say is one of her it wasn't received very well I don't think she got I don't think she won any Grammys for it and she's won a lot of Grammys um and this person I think with NPR just basically basically said you know they understand why she did what she did because she she was trying to do what many women pop stars have done which is to like transition from like a teen sort of star to being like an artist that people take seriously or see in like a light that is like they're grown up and you have to treat them that way Mm -hmm. but they brought up something that I found to kind of connect with my thoughts on like the whole rapping thing and things like that. And um, okay. Yeah. They said Swift makes made a choice that will undoubtedly be controversial. She openly appropriates adapts and occasionally subverts the African-American cadences that until now she has generally only glanced against. Um, 
and they don't they don't like blame her or say that this was done like purposely to like in a bad way they say many pop stars have done this because a lot of roots of popular music are in the african-american community and their culture and so like jazz i mean like the it's it's something a lot of white artists have done but it's something that bothered me in reputation and was pointed out in this review and um they also talked about how like taylor swift in this album like before would never talk about like the sexual side of relationships like it would always just be like picture perfect but no nothing too like dirty or anything like that and this obviously was kind of more like you know she's like I'm an adult and I'm gonna be sexy as hell Mm -hmm. and so like it was more explicit I mean definitely not as explicit as many artists are but you know it was just being like more real about what relationships are like Mm -hmm. still idealizing them obviously because it's art you're going to like you know it it would be boring to write about like a normal relationship I think (laughs) but like she she transitioned into just being like kind of more adult and um you know whether or not you want to call some of the stuff she did on it like appropriation is up to you I just feel like it I didn't think it was the right move and I still feel that way and I don't, I don't go back to reputation. I go back to speak now. I go back to fearless. I go back to 1989 and I've been loving folklore and evermore and lover. I, I, oh my gosh, I have a lot to say about lover, but that's later. (laughs) And I, but I never go back to reputation. Like I was talking to Christina, obviously about this last time when we were talking about how there's only a couple songs that we would want to even re-listen to and that's getaway car which this review praises as one of her only storytelling songs Mm -hmm. which is something she excels at she didn't do on this album and um i did something bad it's something christina (laughs) and i love because we could just like go really hard and just like jam out to it and feel powerful (laughs) just we feel like powerful woman and i love that but um the rest of the album doesn't didn't connect with me on an emotional level the way her songs usually do. Mm-hmm. So I agree with a lot of this review saying they understand why Taylor did this and I so do I, but that there are issues with it. And I will end my rant on <laughs> reputation there because I just I could go on and on and on and on and on. So yeah. But I mean I know you have similar feelings about reputation. Not not the exact same I would imagine, but just similar. Yeah, I share similar sentiments when it comes to reputation. It's if I had to come up with my own list, um, ranking her albums, it would definitely be closer towards the bottom, just because, you know, a lot of the songs I just didn't, in terms of my musical preference and like styles that I like listening to, like only a few, very, very few of the songs on that um, album, I just like, (laughs) liked. (laughs) Um, But I, I do kind of understand where she was coming from when she had this. I can't remember if it was maybe something we talked about when we recorded this episode previously, or maybe it's when we were watching um, that one documentary together a few days ago, but they were saying something about how reputation when she was writing it, like the reasoning and frustrations of it, like it, it's almost justified. Like she, she was writing, she like needed to let go of these frustrations that she was dealing with and did so in this album despite it not being like you know the perfect album <laughs> like the fact that she was able to kind of like process her how she was feeling and like her frustrations in this kind of way um makes it like you know it's it's an okay artistic way to do so um but i also thought about how so i did actually go to the reputation tour when um taylor was making her rounds around the uh, country for this album. And it was a really fun show to go to, even though the album itself um, wasn't my favorite. I think it's because there's a lot of like uh, dramatic aspects to it. And like, she took it in a very theatrical type of way when she was doing the performances that it made it work. Like it's a, it was a fun tour to be at, even though the songs itself weren't like my personal favorites, but mm-hmm. she also did combine and add some classics from her previous albums, which I think make it a Hulk package. But the tour itself was also pretty fun too, from what I can remember. <laughs> I mean, Taylor is excellent at creating an experience. So it's like, you know, it's not that she's selling these songs to you, but of course, like a performance, you want people to be hyped about it. So mm-hmm. like it adds an element to it that kind of elevates the songs. And 
yeah it's just to me I'm like I mean I'm sure she loves each of her albums in different ways like you know with children you love all of them um but (laughs) but it's just like I have to wonder like how she really feels about it because it's just so strange to me that she took a departure from her style of songwriting which is normally so narrative and so intricate and like I think really impressive and then kind of just took that a lot of that away so I don't know um like I said I could go on the review <laughs> I, I was referencing is from NPR Morning Editions by Ann Powers so I like a lot of NPR's music reviews I think they do a great job so that's that <laughs> that's that and before we get into my um album review that I'm going to bring up next we do want to preface and say that it was a little difficult for us to find reviews for this in particular just because typically when you read um, music critiques music reviews uh there tends to be like a different type of language that a lot of people use it's never like Mm -hmm. common folk language I'm sure you could very easily just go on social media like Twitter and type the name of your specific artist and the album and then find out what the quote common folk have to say about it but when it comes to looking up like published articles and reviews they tend to use wording that maybe you know, unless you understand what they're referring to or know what they're talking about, it's a little hard to be like, yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. <laughs> You're being nice. It is, they are so pretentious. I, it is hard for me to find a single music reviewer that doesn't come off to me as pretentious because like, just tell me what you think of the songs. Like, I don't need you to be like, oh, this reference is back to this artist of the, like, I don't need you to like put all this fluff in there. Like, I want you to focus on the album. So yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I get so mad I get so mad but that being said I did find a um, set of reviews from this uh, person whose name we're going to refer to as Professor Andrew he's a social science uh, professor and is a really big fan of Taylor Swift but um, I just thought it was really funny or cool that he had taken the time to review most if not all of Taylor Swift's albums um he put together a ranking scale from one to ten per song and basically just goes through each album ranks all the songs and then adds his little tidbits of notes and you know how he feels about it as a whole um but two standout reviews or quotes from his reviews that I wanted to talk about Um, So for Red, we are bringing back Red. (laughs) For Red, he said overall that it is a great album, but also an uneven album, resting in the long shadows of Speak Now and 1989 on either side, and yet buried within rests the greatest song ever recorded by Taylor Swift, that song being All Too Well. And um, he even quotes the one line that um, everyone loves. I need to like pull it so I can quote it, but if I can find it. He is so correct. It's it's one of her best songs, if not her best. I mean, let's see. What does our friend, the professor, have to say about All Too Well? That song gets me every time. Yeah. He says, Taylor drops maybe her most powerful lines ever. Then you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. And I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all too well. <laughs> oh, my lord literally that bridge okay i scream it when i'm in the car crying and it, taylor's tradition in her bridges are always stellar like that's when you always know you're like this is gonna hurt me <laughs> whatever's, coming, whatever's coming is going to hurt me and i can't wait like it's just so so good <laughs> just it's so good so um good. and then another review that i thought had a, a very funny quote or one-liner so he reviewed 1989 um which was another album of taylor swift that focuses more on the pop end of her musical spectrum but he said quote but i confess i have a strong weakness for this album i love 80s pop and i love taylor swift music so put them together yeah shut up and take my money (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was pretty funny I mean, I really like 1989 as well. Like, I thought about picking that instead of instead of Red because I really connect it with, like, my freshman year of college. And I have a lot of nostalgia with it. Like, the song Out of the Woods is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever because the bridge slaps. Um, so I agree with them there. What did he say about Reputation? 
Uh, reputation. Let's see. I'm interested. Okay, here's reputation. Funny stitch is in the hospital room. <laughs> okay, so he says, of all Taylor's albums, I've had the most complex relationship with reputation, as do the both of us. At mm-hmm. first, I didn't care much for it, but over time, my opinion of it has greatly improved. It's perhaps the most consistent and most cohesive of her albums, even though throughout much of it, her tongue seems firmly in her cheek. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. interesting. Let me see. I'm trying to see what his overall score is. Well, it's almost, it is almost like she is being a parody of herself. Mm. You know, like, because she said I became what they, what they always wanted me to be. Um, it's got a lot of layers. It is complex. <laughs> like <an> onion. <laughs> it is. Yeah, he does mention that. It says she plays the media caricature of herself while, quote, old Taylor is dead. Um, and then he talks about how much he likes the song New Year's Day, which I do like that song. Oh. I think that's the only song on that album. It's one of my favorites just because like it reminds me of, quote, old Taylor. Yes. Um, but it's also just like a very sweet song. I can't believe I forgot to mention that song. It's the last track. And I was so relieved. Christine and I like had a listening party where we listened to it basically when it around when it came out. I think we listened to a leaked version of it, I think. <laughs> but um when we got to that track, I was like, well, at least I know I have one song I'll always love. Because that song is beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful lyrics, beautiful piano, simple, tells the story. Yeah, that's a great song. I forgot about that, but that's Me a great too. song. I did too until I looked at it. Because it's kind of like, it doesn't really match what you expect or assume. No. Think about, you know, the concept of the Reputation album. Um so it kind of like it sneaks in there it slips through the cracks and you forget about it but yeah yes. that's I do like reading through just what um, Professor Andrew has to say about <laughs> Taylor Swift and her albums I look forward to reading about what he has to say for Folklore and Evermore which I'm sure he'll put out his thoughts soon if not if he hasn't already yeah he hasn't yet so eventually I'll let you know Casey when <laughs> when that time comes yeah I can't I love this guy I mean I think he's awesome and I love that he puts much dedication into reviewing Taylor Swift's work because I can relate (laughs) I can relate to having that much passion I'm just looking at the lyrics to New Year's Day and reminding myself how good it is Uh, would you like to move on to your next review yes so this is a Rolling Stones review for Lover um, I feel like Lover, unfortunately, just kind of gets lost sometimes or like forgotten about between Reputation and now Folklore and Evermore because, I don't know, like it, I feel like Reputation had a ton of reactions to it and then Lover was kind of a return in a way to some of her older stuff and then Evermore and Folklore were kind of a new direction that was like really leaning more into like folk music and things like that. So I, I feel like lover sometimes gets like forgotten about mm-hmm. like for whatever reason. And maybe I'm wrong in that, but um, when it came out, it came out on my birthday in 2019. And I was like, I told everybody at work. I remember I was waiting till like, I think like it dropped cause I worked the night shift and I was like, she better not disappoint me on my birthday. I will take it. <laughs> I will take it as a personal attack if Taylor Swift puts a bad album out on my birthday. But luckily, I really do like Lover. There are some songs that I skip that I'm just like, like, you need to calm down. I get the message and obviously support the message, but I don't like listening to it. Um, me, I don't like listening to it, <laughs> um, if I'm honest. But then there's songs like Cool Summer that you're just like this is it this is why I'm a Taylor Swift fan because I want this like it is just I really connected with a lot of the tracks on there and um like it's a it's about her finally like being able to celebrate being in love instead of like you know the one that's always being left and I at the time was also like in one of my you know one of the only serious relationships in my life that I'm luckily still in <laughs> but like I could relate to that as well just like the celebration of like how good it is to find someone who is going to take you at your worst and at your best and um 
and I love that for her. And <laughs> I just uh, this this um, review also loves it. They say, like I said, that like it seems like you know, Reputation was written for someone else, you know, the media, whatever you want to say, and that Lover was written for Taylor. Like she, it was just very much back to kind of basics but also still really new and I think um they talk about her being a lot more vulnerable on this album just because like it was a lot more personal I think than reputation in a lot of ways and it would just had a lot more depth to it um they compare it to just saying that she kind of paved the way for some later artists to kind of talk more directly about relationships so they say in this um, article, Swift helped open up a space for Ariana Grande to directly address Sean, Pete, and Malcolm on Thank You Next. Uh, when Swift and Pop, there wasn't so much a transformation as an annexation of new territory. And then they say, if Ariana, Billy, Halsey, and others seem so effortlessly themselves, it's in part because Swift worked so hard at speaking her truth and smiting her enemies. <laughs> so... Like, they just kind of, they give her a lot of credit there, but they kind of just say, you know, she made it cool for woman artists to kind of, like, call the shots and, like, call people out. I mean, this album has, uh, Man, it's not called Man, what was that song called? The Man. The Man, which, iconic music video, first of all, but also it's just literally about how whatever gender you identify as, if it's not male and not straight or cis, you are just like working 10 times as hard to be respected and to get things. And like, she just like calls the shots and I'm just, I love it. I love it so much. And I think um, in the documentary, I think she also talks about this era kind of being also at the same time when she got really passionate about finally giving a definitive view on, on politics. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because she, it was a midterms. Maybe so. Maybe that was 2018. But you know, I don't know. I feel like Taylor Swift really found her personal voice again on Lover, and um, they they also say that. uh, Oh, I'm losing my my thoughts. Okay, so they said there's plenty more fodder for the Swifty haters and bloggers here, um, such as songs for the man, which is a usefully blunt indictment of double standards. And the dub infl- inflected London boy, which counts all the ways she fancies her boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. So, like, yeah, I don't like London boy. I think it's kind of, like, <laughs> not that great. But, like, also, like, she wanted to write a song about her boyfriend because she loves him. And that's mm-hmm. fun. And that's cool. And they said, whatever there is to be read into these songs, they are for one person and one person alone, Taylor Swift, finally. And I was like, yes, you're right. So, yeah, Lover, I think, can get forgotten. But I think it was like a really important transition piece for Taylor. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, Professor Andrew shares the same sentiments as you as well. He literally starts off his review saying, Lover feels like a forgotten album. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> it, it, and it does. It, it feels like a, like it definitely happened. We all know that it happened, but it feels to me a little bit short-lived. And I can't tell if it's because like, maybe it was a brief era or maybe just like a lot of things were going on in my life at that time that I just didn't get to fully invest into the lover era but there are like a few songs that are total hits in that album like Cruel Summer as Casey said um I thought you know London Boy was cheesy cute so I tolerated (laughs) that in that aspect but I also really loved Paper Rings which oh my god and then um I think my favorite is definitely Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, just because that's one of Taylor's um, storytelling songs, which, as you're going to hear a lot of times in this episode, is my favorite type of Taylor Swift song. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I think it is forgotten because there wasn't, there definitely wasn't two years between Lover and, um, you know, Folklore, and then Folklore and Evermore, that's a huge chunk of work that we're all processing through that, like, you know, it it just came so fast and so much of it that I think people were like, we got to analyze all these songs we just got, like, you know, moving on from Lover. Like, yeah, it does feel forgotten, but um, it's got some bops. Yes, <laughs> it definitely has some bops. <laughs> I, I think, and this kind of ties into like my next 
review quote that I'm going to bring up, just like the concept of like ranking Taylor's albums. But Mm -hmm. I think because it is still new, I just definitely have not had enough time to fully, (laughs) like you said, process it. And I think because we watched, Casey and I both watched um, Mr. Americana Taylor's documentary a few days ago, um, a big focus of it is on the lover album and like her process and recording the music in that and it made me appreciate it more so I think this yeah. is part of just like you know taking the time to fully like reinvest into um the lover era and like falling in love with the songs or falling into deeper love with the songs and then you know eventually I'll feel the same when it comes to um the albums folklore and evermore because those are still completely new in my brain and I'm like uh (laughs) I need time (laughs) before I can dive into this but the next review that I was going to bring up was actually for a um album ranking that I just very simply can't agree with and even now after recording re-recording this episode I still don't (laughs) agree with (laughs) and I said this last time too I was like every time I look at this I just get like kind of annoyed and angry because I just don't I don't agree um and mind you like reviews and rankings it it depends on the person um so there isn't really a right answer on how you should rank any side of music but um if you didn't already know Taylor now has nine albums and so um Hannah from this publication that I'm unfamiliar with called NME she ranked every single Taylor Swift um, albums so far and she also rated them I think my biggest uh, dispute against this so first she says that number nine is reputation which I think I, I think I agree with for reasons that yeah. Casey and I just talked about but um, when you go to see what her top three and even her number one is it's a lot of the newer albums and as Casey and I keep saying like it's hard for us to like put that in such a high regard especially when you compare it to like her Taylor's classic albums and the music that just like kind of is the reason that Taylor was able to become just like well known as a good songwriter and like (laughs) a good storyteller in her music um so like her number one she said Hannah the reviewer said that her number one album that she would like to give the accolades 2 was for 1989 which is a good album i just don't a great album i don't agree that it's the best album and then number 2 is evermore and number 3 is folklore which i don't i like i don't fully agree with that and then the classic albums like fearless and speak now and red are like closer towards the bottom <laughs> which i'm like are you sure <laughs> i mean i told christina last time that i thought this was a fake fan because the, i mean there's a lot to disagree with here I would say upon reflection on folklore and evermore, like I've listened more and more to the tracks and um, there are songs I skip here and there on both albums, but it's some of her most complex work because it's literally building narratives that connect like songs connect to each other. Characters were literally created for these albums. And so it is very complex and beautiful, but like we wouldn't get here if it wasn't for like you know speak now and red and even reputation like tackling darker topics like all the stuff that came before it I just think really builds upon it and also they're kind of downers like there's some happy herb songs on evermore and folklore here and there but the vibe is not like dancing happy singing and like Mm. I kind of need that sometimes (laughs) and I think I think that that can also be Taylor at her bet. Like, of course, I love her breakup songs, but she also has some really good songs to just, like, have fun listening to or dancing to. So, yeah, I can't agree with it. I can't. I really can't. I really I, can't. I mean, we haven't even seen really all the critical reception for Folklore and Evermore yet because, like, the Grammys haven't happened yet. Although Taylor Swift is performing, which means... I will actually watch the beginning of the Grammys or whenever she performs because I need to see that. <laughs> but um, I just think a lot of people are, are honestly still processing and analyzing it because it's very complex. And I would I would not be prepared to say it's her number one or number two work. I, just I do can't. wonder how long until 
you know, the two newest albums have been like existing enough for us to be like, okay, now we can properly do a rating or ranking of Taylor's albums from one to nine. Um, but then again, we don't know when Taylor is going to release another album. Like it might be next year, it might be in two years. So I guess even that question is a little, you can't really answer it yet. <laughs> well, and and also before we even have a new album, we have to like the re-releases, which are strange in and of themselves. I can't really think of any other artist who's done this. But Taylor Swift, I think April 9th is the date, mm-hmm. is re-releasing Fearless. And she plans to do all her other albums up to Lover, because I believe Lover was the first one that she owned. Mm-hmm. And honestly like the whole reason why she had to start doing it was always like pretty confusing to me as someone who doesn't understand the music industry because I I don't work in it in any capacity but basically Scooter Braun her old um manager producer whatever he is I had an album pulled up so I wouldn't sound dumb um anyway he sold her rights to the songs and that means that she can't decide who gets to use them in movies or you know uh tv show like all her ability to control who profits off of that body of work is not in her hands which i totally understand being something that you like want to try to change because like what the heck and also like it's not like she doesn't have the money to go after this person so she's going to mm-hmm. and she's doing that by just re-recording them under her own I think she has her own recording like her own like company now it's like 13 studios or something like that um but anyway she like is going to own this work completely we don't really know yet if it's going to sound super different I mean her voice is obviously different because she's much older than when she was 16 you know releasing music Mm -hmm. love stories the single that we've heard it doesn't sound that different but I'm sure there's going to be a ton of analysis when those come out about like how it's different and what it means and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. And April 9th is soon. We don't, we're not getting a lot of time to process. Oh yeah, that's true. Wow. <laughs> I know. When you suddenly forget what time of the, or what day of the year it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> time just doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, so Fearless, the re-release is coming up pretty soon um we got a little taste of it when taylor brought back love story which is arguably one of taylor's like most famous songs or you know one of the songs that mm-hmm. definitely aided her in you know her her title as like a great singer songwriter um and it just it, it brought back a lot of memories which i think is also part of the reason that um it helps that she's re-releasing her old music because a lot of people like feeling nostalgic. And I think for a lot of us, it's just like bringing us back to, you know, whatever age, what we were when we first listened to whichever album it is that's coming up, but I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Yeah. I'm psyched out of my mind. I don't think I'm emotionally ready. She, in addition to re-recording the original tracks, she also said that, which was 20 tracks, which I was like, what? But there's 20 tracks on Fearless if you include like the deluxe edition tracks. Um, Swift said that the new version will include six never before released songs from the vault that she wrote between the ages of 16 and 18 that ultimately didn't make it on the album. So she had like an announcement and a tweet and like a Instagram post that said all this. And I'm quoting from refinery29.com. But um we're getting new songs too which is like crazy you know it's not a new album but it's like an expansion on an old album which I don't know if I'm ready (laughs) I'm like I'm gonna I'm really excited I mean like it's a great it's a great time to be a Taylor Swift fan right now because Mm -hmm. there's so much to listen to to watch like it's just it's a great time to be a Taylor Swift fan and it's really got me back into some of her old work too, which is like was surprisingly therapeutic in a time in my life where I'm, where Christina and I are both going through some stuff, and like listening to Taylor Swift has literally comforted me on bad days, and mm-hmm. I think that is, the, you know, the power of music, and I'm, I love her so much. I I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but you know, <laughs> we're excited for, we're excited for the re-releases. 
We really are. And I mean, so that kind of ties into the fact that one, a few days ago, as uh, Casey and I mentioned earlier, we did watch um, the documentary titled Miss Americana together, um, which, like I said, a few minutes ago, (laughs) a few moments ago, basically followed Taylor around in her like songwriting journey. It touched upon a lot of topics that, you know, Taylor herself had to deal with um, things like the paparazzi, her um, court case. Um, it also talked about like the song that she put out um, and social media posts to encourage people, young people to vote. Um, it also talked about like her mom having cancer and how that affected her and things like that. Like it, it really touched upon a lot of topics and sensitive information that kind of give you, I guess, a better look or a closer look into Taylor Swift's life. Obviously not everything, but as we were watching it, I was just amazed by like the the like the style of the documentary. Like obviously that means they're allowed to get up close and personal with whoever their subject matter is, but I don't know. Just like <laughs> seeing the cameraman like in the car with her as Taylor's trying to escape from paparazzi or like in the private jet when Taylor's traveling with her team to get to, you know, wherever they have to go. I'm like, wow, this is like really personal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's it kind of takes some of the glamour away from it um you know like there's one clip that absolutely broke my heart that she was just on the couch like, and she was crying and she was saying like I just feel like it's so much more than than music at this point and I believe that was like with reputation and just kind of like obviously it touched upon like her feud with Kanye West and arguably one she did not start um he came onto the stage when she won uh what was it like a vma so not even like not even like a grammy like uh, and he you know said that beyonce deserved it and it was like kind of like from then on people wanted to make them enemies and you know the people were very divided on it there was a clip in that documentary where it's a Kanye west concert and the line that he has in the song about taylor swift that says I think me and Taylor Swift might still have sex. I made that bitch famous. He sings that in the clip and the whole crowd starts qu- starts chanting, fuck Taylor Swift. That's horrible. That's horrible. Why would you want to be a part of a fan base that literally wishes horrible things upon another person? I think it's disgusting. And we're in an era where actually a lot of female pop stars are doing documentaries to like expose what they go through. And I'm living for it because it's, I think it's very in, empowering to like relate to these women who seem like they have it all together, but also like have issues that I have or like, you know, I, it's just like, I think it's very powerful. And I think it's awesome that they're telling their stories without any censorship. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I need to watch it again. Like, I feel like I need to watch that documentary again because there was just so much to take in. And like, I was so emotional. (laughs) It was a, like, it was a nice documentary and it made me feel like just because the, you know, went through her like recording processes too. um, Like, I I think it's because of this documentary that like, I have a newer found like appreciation for like Lover, the album. And even like, um, part of it did talk about like the reputation era too so it makes you want to revisit um those two albums and like I don't know attempt to like it more than you already had or even like give it a second chance if you were you know yeah weren't really on the um, bandwagon at that time but shortly after Casey and I finished that documentary we started binge watching a whole bunch of Taylor Swift music <laughs> videos which um <laughs> definitely there's no news to that I'm just <laughs> relaying what we did um a little bit to I guess um ride the high of like being able to talk about Taylor Swift because <laughs> we knew we were going to do this podcast episode yes but it was just really nice and I just, I like listening to Taylor Swift music still. And <laughs> what a great time to be a Taylor Swift fan. That's it. That really is it. Like, it's a great time to be a Taylor Swift fan. I, and I think that the narrative really is changing about, about her and about female pop stars in general and like women in 
Hollywood, essentially. Like, we had the Britney Spears documentary. Billie Eilish just put out a documentary. Demi Lovato is putting out a documentary. Like, I think the narrative is changing and people are going to be, people are and are going to be ashamed of the way they made women the butt of jokes and, you know, magnified their weakest points and criticized them for things you would literally never bring up to a male artist or actor. Like, I think things are really changing and that's exciting you know there's always room for improvement but I'm just like man like we're at the start of something big and I I'm so happy that it involves Taylor Swift so so I'm sure we'll revisit this yes in the future (laughs) we'll revisit this in the future we do have a few honorable mentions um or at least I have an honorable mention that I did bring up when we recorded this pod earlier, but uh, I'm going to bring it up again because it still holds true. But when I was looking up reviews, there was one for um, folklore and they were, the reviewer was talking about the song, the last great American dynasty Um, Mm -hmm. in the review. She, they praised it. um, and it's one of my favorite songs off of that album too but it's quoted she says thankfully this song ends up being a lot better than starlight which always felt more like a filler track on red to me and that part just really rubbed me the wrong way because um so at first when I read that line I was like wait which song is starlight and then I said to myself is that the one where they go oh my what a marvelous suit and then I played the song and it was indeed that song but re-listening to that song um recently like it is such a sweet song how could you say bad things about it it's so good I don't know because you reminded me the first time we recorded this of like what that song was and I was like wait a second I absolutely love that song like there are songs I skip on almost all of Taylor Swift's albums just because like I'm like not in the mood for it or it's not the best Starlight is not one of them it is so fun it is so good I don't understand how that person could be upset, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like, do you not like happiness? Because that's so well, literally about happiness. <laughs> so they're connecting it to Last Great American Dynasty, which people have said both Starlight and The Last Great American Dynasty are references to the period of time where Taylor Swift dated a Kennedy mm. and kind of the politics and things that go along with that and how that impacted their relationship. She had a house like near where one of their houses was at the time. So people were like, of course, being like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Last Great American Dynasty talks about buying a house and like, you know, so I get where she's coming at and comparing them, but I also don't think like one is, they're both, they're very different songs, but mm-hmm. I don't think one is better than the other. Don't sleep on Starlight, people. Go listen to it. The point of this, <laughs> the point of me bringing this up is the overall message is don't sleep on Starlight. It's a very cute song. It's where I learned the phrase um, uh, dress to the nines because I didn't know what that meant before until I listened to this song very long ago. And I was like, oh, that's what that phrase meant. That's so cute. I'd never heard that phrase before listening to the song Starlight. And I looked it up and, you know, eventually learned what that meant. <laughs> Taylor Swift is an educator. She is. (laughs) And another honorable mention I had that I literally just thought of last minute, last time you were talking about this, was Today Was a Fairy Tale. Now, this is not on an album because this was a song that went with the movie Valentine's Day where Taylor Swift had a kind of B-plot, C-plot, really, small kind of role with, um, there's like many different relationship storylines in that movie and she had one. Taylor Lautner (laughs) which we know how that went but um today was a fairy tale is a freaking cute song it reminds me a lot of fearless reminds me a lot of speak now um it's just happy and cute and I love it and I forget about it but when I hear it I'm like I get happy like my heart gets happy so yeah I mean I could go on about Taylor Swift literally all day we could have a separate podcast about taylor swift we really could (laughs) but i really i just hope like i encourage people maybe to like i don't read music reviews because i think that like we i don't know they need to change they're so pretentious (laughs) i think like we need more thoughts and opinions from like the average person and um 
also just like maybe if you're like you know on the fence about a lot of Taylor Swift stuff I just hope our passion convinces you to (laughs) give it give it another listen like for real no I agree I think overall Taylor does have at least now especially when you add on like her her most recent albums she has a pretty wide spectrum of like different of music that uh, spans across like different genres and like different sounds different emotions like I'm more than confident there is at least one Taylor Swift song that you will like or at least tolerate so um you know our honorable mentions are a little bit of the b-side songs that maybe people don't really remember but they are you know songs that (laughs) are pretty fun to listen to anyway so um I think overall our message with this entire episode is that you should try to listen to Taylor Swift (laughs) yes find a song you like I promise (laughs) my boyfriend and I have very different music tastes but you know I've of course subjected him to a lot of Taylor Swift and there are some songs that he genuinely enjoys. He loves the song Betty, which like masterpiece, chef's mm-hmm. kiss. He also loves the song Paper Rings because it's got like kind of like that, like it's not like punk, but he really likes pop punk music and it's got like those vibes. So like, I feel like you can find songs that you could be like, yeah, I get it. Like at least like you don't got to listen to Taylor Swift all the time, but just like give it a chance and like kind of maybe try to understand why she is has the presence she has when it comes to the pop music industry and why she deserves it quite frankly so <laughs> and that is um all we have to say thank you for coming to our present our ted talk <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day casey and i will have a what did you call it a a pre- uh powerpoint, powerpoint party. party i almost had a presentation party i guess that's the mm-hmm. same thing but um it would be funny if we did that but just like defending our like a, a taylor swift album or something like absolutely absolutely I would have so much I would win I don't know if you win at those parties but I would I know what's the point of those is it a point to convince everyone who's watching or like just to prove your just be like this is what I think this is my opinion and thank you (laughs) I think it's it's like a fun way to make your friends listen to you talk about something you're passionate about but also like it's something where friends like sit around and get drunk so I think it's just a way for everybody to have a good time <laughs> like I don't know you know and also I think you are trying to convince your friends to like care about something you really care about which is cool like I love that yeah so, so maybe Casey and I will have a presentation yeah. party then or a powerpoint party <laughs> <laughs> um that being said are there any other final thoughts that we want to add talking about Taylor Swift as a person as an artist her albums her songs any other content that she's been involved with I've said it all. I think I think even if you were into documentaries, like watching Miss Americana would also give you a very good insight as to like why Taylor is the way she is and the, why her music is the way it is. So yeah, we're not getting paid for this, but it's basically free promotion for Taylor Swift, <laughs> which she doesn't need. I mean, she doesn't need it. But yeah, I've said it all. I've said it all. <laughs> I think the only final thought I have is I can't remember which... Uh... So what tour music video we were watching Casey but there was a scene that featured the city skyline of Pittsburgh in it oh my god I yeah, can't I remember which one that. it was but I think it was Sparks Fly which would have been the Speak Now tour but we were watching mm-hmm. it and then like they showed a view of like a city um and I was like wait is that Pittsburgh and then we paused it and rewinded it, and it was Pittsburgh it was. so we got a little hometown shout out <laughs> Awesome. indirectly but I, I don't know yeah. I just like seeing Pittsburgh references in anything really yeah I think it was like a pan up shot from Heinz Field because there's like a you can get a beautiful view of the city from Heinz Field and the Sparks Fly music video is a compilation of tour mm-hmm. videos basically of the performance so yeah it was awesome that was fun <laughs> yeah. uh, but if Casey doesn't have anything else to add and I think I'm I've said what I'm as much as I could on my end. I think that wraps up this week's episode of Tried and Boot. Yep. <laughs> um, as always, thank you so much for listening to us ramble and talk about how much we love Taylor Swift, her music, she as a person. Uh, we hope that you take the time to consider listening to a Taylor Swift song or two. I think that's the overall message we've been trying to <laughs> prove to everyone here. Um, you can listen to our podcast, Tried and Booed, every other Tuesday on the Anchor app. 
or your usual podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you stumble upon a weird review online, um, whether it's for a product, a service, a location, and now apparently even music, you can send it to us via email at triedandbooed at gmail.com. Just make sure you spell out the word and. Remember, if you don't have anything nice to say, we will say it on our podcast. Bye. Bye. Yay! Okay, I really hope it recorded this time.